Welcome to the Mike Unmuch podcast. This is an episode unlike any other. Uh, I am actually in a van right now with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Shane, what is going on? I am just loading the SD card to my Cobra cam <laughs> right now. Also in the van with us are my brother, Greg Veerman, up at the front driving, posing as an Uber driver, and Dan Hamilton, uh, who you may remember from the ice cream sandwich saga. Right now, Max Kerman, our friend and trusty producer, is blindfolded and the nut is bringing him to this van because we are kidnapping him and taking him uh, to a surprise birthday party uh, in Detroit, Michigan, which he does not know. So there's a couple phases of this before Max gets into this van. He's going to get in this van thinking it's an Uber. He's going to take his blindfold off. He will see me, Shane, and Greg. He knows for a fact Dan and the nut are here. He does not know the three are here. And I will be filming this on my Cobra HD adventure cam. If you hear beeping in the background, that's what it is. I'm just making sure my audio is on. So okay. once we take the blindfold off, he's going to be like, oh, wow, you guys, where are we going? We are not going to tell him where we're going. Obviously, he'll figure it out once we get to the border. But the second phase of this, which Max does not know, which you guys will know, the listeners, is that there's also another hammy. How many people in uh, Detroit? Eight more people in Detroit. There's eight more guys in Detroit from Hamilton that have already left. They're setting up a hotel room. So this is two phases for Max. Uh, first phase, us. Cool, where are we going? I don't know. Second phase get to the hotel in Detroit and find eight other guys. And now quickly, Dan, maybe give us a little setup as to why we're doing this. Um, well, basically, on Max's birthday, he was uh, in New York. The closing band um, canceled on them. So Max called me up, and he's all mopey. And he's like, Dan, I'm in the middle of New York on my birthday. All I want to be doing is sitting at a pub with all my friends, buying me shots, celebrating me for once in my life, because I haven't got to do it for the last 10 years, because a band always ruins my birthday. So as my <laughs> best friend... You have to organize a birthday party when I'm back. I'm free on the 12th. Go do it. So then I thought, what's the funnest thing? What does Max love the most? Road trips. So I sent out a message to all the Shaming boys. And luckily, we have now 14 guys who've taken the day off work and are coming to Detroit. That's a fact. We're going to drive to Detroit, see the Detroit Pistons, play the Denver Nuggets. So what's your role in this, Greg? You're Mike's brother, right? That's right. Oh, I'm the Uber driver today. I got sunglasses, so I'm like incognito. And I got a sweet... Australian accent, mate. We're going to go surfing. <laughs> We're going to go surf the gardener. And uh, it's going to be great. Okay, Max is literally being blindfolded. He's got a two good. This is hilarious. I gotta be, Dan is holding his hand. Shane is filming us. I'm going to start being quiet right now so Max doesn't know what's going on. I feel like we should just keep him blindfolded all day. <laughs> really? We don't tell him what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. so drink this beer. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Eat this chicken wing. Guys, now that you mention that, I think I might I might drink a beer. Oh, I, I definitely need a beer. But anyway, the reason why I'm we'll actually get... a little happy to have a little, a little hungover today is that I'm using the old Julian trick that if you want to be good for the next day, then you have to be... Oh, yeah, the two-day hangover. The two-day yeah. hangover. Yeah, he drinks on Friday when he has to like wake up without a hangover Sunday. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Inspiration for this weekend. A lot going on this weekend, too, with the yeah. family Christmas. The whole, the whole shebang. We do have a big weekend together. Yeah. All right. Max, you can take off the blindfold. I can take off the blindfold? Yeah, ready. One, two, three. Surprise. Oh, look, around. look, look behind you. Hey! hey! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Michael Munch Podcast. 
<laughs> this is great. Oh, hey, Greg. <laughs> That's our Australian uh, Uber driver. So is this a rental? No, we bought this for your birthday, actually. <laughs> uh, so are we doing a live pod right now? We're we doing are, a pod. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Not Nothing. much. So this is a Maxapalooza because Ooh. our guest today is uh, Max Schneider. Oh, nice. He is a very, very uh, successful and popular uh, musician and actor. He was in the... Uh, the Brian Wilson movie. He's uh, a YouTuber, Mercy. though. A YouTuber is where he got to start as a singer. Uh, but he's got like millions of followers and all that stuff. But he was actually a really insightful guy from New York. Uh, we'll get to him in a bit. More importantly, happy birthday, Max. Hey, this is uh, the best surprise I could hope for. This Do is we awesome. tell him where we're going? No. Oh. Why would we do that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a, a fun way to to surprise him just by telling him the the, the thing right off the bat. So, yeah, okay. keep it a mystery. I like Intrigue. this. Intrigue. Though I will say, you know, I... Um, because we were trying to plan to when we were going to pod this week, and I said, "Oh, tomorrow I can do it earlier in the day." But it's up. To, but Dan has a birthday thing planned, and it's up to him. And then you texted right back, said, "Oh, Dan is not allowing it." So yeah. I, I assume Dan put the kibosh on it. But we're doing two birds, one stone. This is very max. We uh, set up that texting chain yeah. to f with him. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but good job, you fooled me. Uh, but but you know what? I, I'm known as a bit of a multitasker, so this is actually. This is your dream? This is my dream. I'm getting some work done, and I'm also partying. This is awesome. If you had to guess, though, where would you say we're going? Uh, where are we going? I mean, okay, we're going west. We're on the uh, Gardner Expressway right now for our listeners, and we could be getting off at Jameson going to somewhere in Liberty Village or something. Medieval times. Oh, <laughs> Greg Bierman just yelled, Medieval times, baby. Greg, uh, you can't speak unless it's in an Australian accent, so give us a loud one. Medieval times, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was kind of cockney. It was good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, if we keep, if we don't get off at of Jameson, then I don't know where we're going. To be honest. Oh, hold on. well, Dan, you got party favors, didn't you? Uh, I did. We're talking. We got like snacks and Ooh, energy drinks. Do we have snacks? So let's get them. Because I'm, I'm hungry right yeah, now. Let's get those going. We've got a uh, a cranberry cashew almond mix. Ooh, That'll be so good. Oh, not a lot of health going on in this bag. Oh, look at these, Maxi. What do we got? Triple, big old bag of chocolate. Those are those are Twix. We're not well. We're not going to say because of competitive uh, oh, brand. We want to keep our brand yeah, options on the, open. On the pod. <laughs> I like it. The M and M's caramel lounge. Just tons of. It's candy. just all M and M's caramel. Uh, just, if you wanted yeah, to know, yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Were you surprised, or did you know shit was going down like this? Uh, I, no, I honestly thought I was in a real Uber, and I honestly thought, oh, I thought there might be people behind me. So I was ready. Did you see that. through your hat though when you had to pull down? No, I I was looking down though on the ground, so I didn't trip, but I didn't wasn't looking at anything. Like, did, you didn't see my feet walking or anything? Nope. Okay. You were in the car? I was walking with you filming you. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I had no idea. You should also film yourself crushing that chocolate. It is a disaster. <laughs> for for our listeners, just so you know, like throughout this episode, uh, you might hear like a beep. That's just going to mean we're jumping a bit ahead in time as we get to certain points, if you hear that. We're, we're on the 427 heading northbound right now, so we did not get off on Jameson, which would have been the cool neighborhood to go to. I was kind of expecting a, a Queen Street West sort of hip hangout. Right now we're going to North Etobicoke, it appears. So, okay, I'm going to start asking questions. I'm going to try to figure out where we're going. Okay. Yeah, okay. Dan, Dan suggested they have to be yes or no questions. Okay. Is it an airport? No. No. Is it a restaurant? No. Well, we will eat at a restaurant at some point. Yes. Is it in Mississauga? No. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I love this theme. Yeah. So yeah. no Mississaugians allowed at Arkell yeah. shows either, yeah. apparently. Get yeah. out! <laughs> um, where the f are we going? <laughs> like, what else is there up here? We have, like, no offense to people living out here in the burbs, but <laughs> good lord. Is it sports themed? Yes. Are we swimming? 
<laughs> Potentially. We could, possibly. Well, in theory, I guess we could. Okay. Is it? A, are we going to a hotel? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I like this. What the f***? This make, none, none of this makes sense to me. What are you going to tell me? <laughs> okay, yeah, give me a slight reveal. Slight reveal? Yeah. Okay, close your eyes again. Okay. Hey, Dan, open the glove box. Yep. It's a gun! <laughs> <laughs> okay, open your eyes. Okay, that's my passport. There's nothing in your passport. Okay. That just is your passport. It's my passport. <laughs> I, so we're going to the airport. Not going okay. to the airport. <laughs> we're the airport, we're, we're, okay. we are literally... Are we going to Detroit? Yes. 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 Ah! <laughs> we are going to Detroit. Are we going to, is there a basketball game there? Yes. Ah! <laughs> this is exciting. There and you everyone's go. going, are you guys going to Detroit? Or do we have yeah. to let you off in Hamilton or something? <laughs> <laughs> we're just commuting home. Yeah. Yeah, hey, this is great. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, is there a game tonight or something? There is a game tonight, yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's no, going Nothing on? gets past you, Maxie. <laughs> is, are we going to a basketball game? Yes. Is so, we're going a, to the game or what? Uh, well done. Yeah. Is no, there I a nailed game it. Tonight? You nailed it. It only took me 30. Three questions. <laughs> That's it. So, listeners, now you know we are headed. Well, you guys already know because uh, I was talking to you before Max got in the van. We're, it's a whole episode. This Maxie. is great. I'm loving this. All Good right. job, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll be get, coming back. It's a work trip. That's right. Yeah, write it all off. <laughs> Give your receipts, boys. Uh, we'll beep ahead now. Okay, we are. We've jumped ahead. We are now in Detroit at the hotel room. We're all trying to be very quiet because if he comes up and he hears us talking, uh, it's going to be really clear that all these guys have been waiting in Detroit for the last two hours for us to arrive. Dan Hamilton just gave the text that says quiet. <laughs> Max just walked in and he turned around and walked away. <laughs> Pop it. Guys. So sweet. This is the fucking best. Guys, thank you. You made me cry. We're going to jump ahead. Okay, before uh, we get to the dessert, uh, which we are going to record on the way home from Detroit, we have Max on the podcast as a guest. Not our Max. Littler Max. That's right. Uh, super charismatic guy, great singer. Uh, Instagram, Max Hell's Kitchen. Model. That's right. You actually did a digital dessert with him. I did, and uh, hopefully this can go up in... Uh Coincidation with it. Yeah, let's throw it all up there. <laughs> Coincidation. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to throw to Max. This interview, uh, a note for listeners, took place in November, actually, the day after uh, the terrorist attack in November uh, in New York City, where he's from. So uh, we sort of open with, with a conversation about that. But uh, I was really uh, impressed with him. I, I liked him a lot. He, was, he really taught me a lot about the digital desserts also because he was so media trained and quick on his feet. It was really hard to f*** with him, so I had to edit the shit out of this one more than any other digital dessert. <laughs> All right, so uh, keep an eye out for that. It'll be up, hopefully, uh, at the same time as you are listening to this. Let's get to Max. How's it going? It's wonderful, man. Delighted to be here. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Oh, man. Always. So I know we're here to talk about the tour, but I just kind of wanted to start because um, obviously there was an attack in New York City last night. Yeah. You're from New York City. I am from New York. I guess I want to ask, you know, what goes through your head when something like that happens, you know, at home? Were you on the road at that moment? I was on the road. I was in Chicago. And well, first I called my family, all my best friends, my best friend who was my best man at my wedding. And, you know, my he was he works right 
right next to where it, where it all happened. So, um, wow, you know, with all the with all the horrible events that keep happening and it feels numb that it happens over and over again. Um, this was the first time for me that it was right near my place, my spot, my family's around there. And um, I mean, in the end, the only way I can really react is uh, with, with love. I mean, you can, you can, I think that anytime events like this happen, uh, they, they want us to be afraid people that, that, that commit these acts. I remember we had our first show in London, um, in May, and that was right after uh, the attack in Manchester. Yeah. And everybody told us we should cancel the gig, and my parents and everybody. And and of course, you know, in my belief, you can't cancel. You can't cancel anything. You got to just do it because if you do that, that's what these that's that's the intention. That's what they want. And so the only way to ever combat it is is with love, is with coming together, is with showing them that we're even stronger um, when these things happen. And um, yeah, there's. There's really nothing else I can I can muster up to do in this situation except for that because otherwise I feel I feel you know weak I feel like there's there's nothing that that anybody can do uh, which is the worst feeling in the world to feel like you're powerless you know yeah you just have to continue to live your life or else you know the yeah. alternative is you know them succeeding at their their goal but you know another really big thing that I talk about with a lot of friends and I think we we tour a lot and you interact with so many people of different cultures of sure. different of 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 different backgrounds and you know even you know i'm i'm very anti trump and uh my whole family is all my friends are and it's interesting though because i we go to a lot of places where people are very pro trump in the states and um, you know, I think that people who live in certain cities that are all anti-Trump and they just talk about it and like, oh, these terrible people that are voting for this guy or they're supporting this guy. It's like, it's a very different conversation when you are in front of a person that disagrees with you and you talk to them about it. And I think the only way to really solve any of this is to find common ground. And it seems crazy to even think about that with terrorism or, or people in that situation. But a lot of these people that are committing these these crimes and, and these heinous acts in the States, especially, um, are from the States. They didn't they're not they're not uh, immigrating from, no, from they places grew up in America. They, a lot of them grew up in it. And and uh, and so that that tells me more than ever that it's a mental health thing. That's a mental health issue that that if we communicate a little bit more, there's really, what else can we do? You know, in the end, it's like, you can, you can, you can fight it all you want, but it only takes one crazy person to decide that they're going to use their car in a different way than just driving and sure to weaponize it. It's a weaponize it. What, what, what are we going to do except for try to communicate with them to tell them, don't do that, please. Why are you even thinking what in you makes you believe that that's the thing you need to end your life with, or that's the message. What is it going to accomplish for you? And so that's, that's the only thing I can think of is communicating, understand why, why communi communication. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, and I don't mean to, to relate it to in a political way, but, but I do, it does fascinate me. I was in an airport the other day with, with, uh, with my, partner Ryan my, my 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 musical partner and we're in the airport and we're in Atlanta and uh, an African-American guy is is talking to us about music and we're talking he like cracks a Trump joke yeah. and uh, the guy's like oh I voted for Trump and I think Ryan especially was like what shocked like you what he just like you're like a you're like an African American musician from Atlanta. Why did you vote? Why did you vote for Trump? What was the reasoning? So like, oh, he's a smart business guy, it seemed like. And and when you start to talk to certain people and and how they feel about um, certain issues or where they grew up, it's like 
it's not a bad this this isn't an idiot. This isn't a this isn't a guy that that we should throw aside and say anybody like this guy get out of here. This is someone we should try to understand. And once we talked to him, he was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, I probably made a stupid decision, but nobody really talks to me about it." And it's strange to relate it, but in, in a similar way, trying to understand people is is I think the best way to, to to make any change. You know. Well, and the key is like I think all of us with our Twitter and our social media and our Facebooks is we're kind of in a bubble, so we're always yeah. talking to our, our, our ourselves. It's people that have that are like minded. Of course. So like the idea is to try and understand. Well, if somebody is thinking differently than me, yeah, like you said, they might have valid reasons. Maybe we can understand those things by having those conversations. You mentioned you know Trump and and politics, and I'm always fascinated by the idea of. As an entertainer, you know, one might say, hey, listen, uh, you know, when you go see somebody, it's to have sort of relief or sort of a, a break from reality, yeah, which yeah. can be these days very polarizing and depressing. Yeah. But other people say, hey, you have a platform. You have a voice. You have you a platform. Use it. Where exactly. do you fall on that spectrum? Are you like, hey, yeah. let's let people forget for a bit? Or are you like, shit, I need to speak about these things because I, I, I have an audience? I would say that um, I have very specific uh, message and uh, very specific message and very specific beliefs that I that I like to bring to it. One of which is, you know, the main song of mine that that people are hearing the most right now is a song called Lights Down Low. And that song I wrote for my wife and I proposed to her with it. And every night we talk about um, equality for love. And before the song, I say this this song stands for love, whether you are gay, you are straight, you're bisexual, you're transgender. We're going to fight for love forever. And this song will be that for you, for everyone. And in that way, it's like I don't I don't I want them to get lost in the night and I do want it to be a relief. But to be able to have a couple little moments of saying, hey, everybody, this is this is something that we really believe in and we want you to feel safe at these shows. I, I think for me, the only thing that I want to bring in a show environment like that is to make people feel safer, to make people feel more connected to it. Otherwise, I don't want to, I don't want to, and, and even when, you know, I've said that same, I've had that speech in places like Chicago where people roar and say, hell yeah, I agree. And I've had that speech in churches in South Carolina where I'm, I'm just, silence happens after that. And that's one of the weirdest feelings in the world when you say that. And it's then, easy to say in a liberal place, of but course, to go and say it somewhere that is super conservative. Gosh, in that in that conservative environment, but I think that that's the most important to to have a little moment of being uncomfortable with people. Sure. Yes, I want you to lose yourselves. By the way, why we? I think there is a responsibility with the platform to be able to say, I know that you came out for this, but if I could just really quick, I don't want to hit you with. I don't like Trump and all these different things. I don't want, I'm not here for that. I'm not a politician. But if I could just change your mind a little bit about maybe supporting people for being who they are and being comfortable with who they are, that that would be because it might it's in your backyard. It's all around you. And after that, I always talk about that specific one because it was this show in this church for this radio station, and I made the speech. And usually, there's at least somebody. Somebody's yeah. like, "Yeah," and this one silence, nothing. And so you know, I felt. I was like, man, maybe this is the day that somebody comes up and knocks me out. Like, who knows? And after the show, a bunch of people started coming up to me and whispering, being like, hey, uh, I appreciated that speech. You know, I'm gay and, you know, I... I, I uh, I didn't want to say anything. It was like kind of a weird room, but you know, I you know, I appreciate you saying that. And one after the other, different people with different stories. And when you realize that, you know, it's just it's just the culture we're brought up in. There's there's the there's the roaring in certain cities, and there's also the the quiet. And that's what I think is the most poisonous. When it's too quiet, then you have people 
fit it with fits of rage, not knowing what to do with themselves. And that's and that's what I think leads to so many terrible things when people are not open about their feelings they or feel open about who they are themselves and the true nature. Yeah. And then, and then and and how do you expect these people to feel? And that's something that I think is is so in 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 you know long story short, yes, I think that it is important for any artist or any band to use their platform, if not just slightly, to hopefully bring a message that's positive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shifting gears a bit. Sweet. Uh, yeah. You were in uh, Love and Mercy. Oh, yeah. Sweet. I mean, I mean and cool. you sort of touch all aspects of entertainment, you know, like acting, dancing, singing, all this stuff. How do you, I guess, because we always talk about the minutiae of sort of the business or how artists do the work. Yeah. How do you even find yourself in that movie? Is that like a, an audition process? Do you know the people producing it? Yes. Yeah. In that specific process, I auditioned for, I actually auditioned for one of the, um, I think I auditioned for Carl, one of the Beach oh, Boys. Oh, Beach Boys. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then, and then I wasn't right for it. And I auditioned a bunch, bunch, bunch. And, uh, and then finally, um, one of the Van Dyke Parks. Yeah, yeah. One of the guys was yeah. like, hey, you kind of look like Van Dyke Parks. <laughs> like, you're kind of thin and like, you, 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 maybe if we give you glasses and then all of a sudden, boom, that was, that was, that was it. So, um, that was, that was probably my favorite role that I've gotten to portray, uh, ever, but in the last few years for sure, because it, I, I am very obsessed with the Beach Boys and Brian Wilson and getting to hang out with Brian Wilson was, you know, he's, he's, uh, the one of the greatest minds of our generation sure. musically and and just it's it's fascinating to see him just be present just to see him in a room and to think of the music that he's created and 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 getting to research Van Dyke Parks and just it was it was beautiful to be a part of that movie but funny enough um you know that was a time of my life where I was kind of a foot in both worlds and uh, and it was very I was very depressed doing most roles that role I was very excited to do but I actually you know stopped doing acting shortly after that just because I. Um, I was just, I, I didn't feel like I was giving my all to either, uh, either craft and I'd love to go back and do more, more roles. But I think that you saying that it's interesting that, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who, it doesn't mean you can't do it all, but I, I think that you have to focus, uh, during each parts of your life to do certain things. And I've kind of learned that the hard way and in, in uh, going cold turkey to just do music. And now things are, I'm the happiest I've ever been with it. But, but, um, but at that time into auditioning at some point. Yeah, I'd be down to do, I'd, I would hope, I think about it in my life. I would hope that, you know, again, it's interesting you bring, that was the movie that changed everything for me because I'd been doing different acting things and stuff, but working with Paul Dano was, I was going to ask about that man, specifically. Man, he is, he transcends. He is the most uh, normal and yet uh, just transformative actor I've ever worked with. Like he would be on a cigarette break and you could kick it and then he takes an hour, he gets in the role and you're literally looking at him. This is another person now. He's become another person. He's living so truthfully in this role that I couldn't say, yo, Paul, that was a good take. No, this is Brian Wilson now. And seeing somebody, I had never worked with an actor like that. I've worked with great actors, but I'd never seen somebody like that. And seeing that, I was like, if I'm not going to be this guy, I don't want to do this. And I didn't have that passion for it. I didn't want to become a part like he becomes a part. And I think that's what clicked for me, realizing I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to be that into it. I'm never going to be that happy to be that into it. I'm happy to live in a van and, and, and experience music and meet people all over. That's makes me happier than anything. And he might not be as into that as I am, sure. you know? And I think I realized that uh, I would love to be the guy who does movies eventually, who it's like, it's a random one, but like Lenny Kravitz in The Hunger Games sure, is a really yeah, random yeah. one that I bring up, but it's like, it's like you see him in The Hunger Games, you're like, oh, it's Lenny Kravitz in The Hunger Games. It's not like, oh, Lenny Kravitz, the Oscar award winning actor. It's like, I would hope that that getting to do roles and, and people 
um, it would be beautiful to do it, but to be known as the music guy, Max. Or like Steve, Steve Van Zandt and Sopranos. Totally. Springsteen's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, of course. Those are good gigs if you can get hey, them. Hey, yeah, if you can get them. And and so I, I'd be very interested in that. But but that was a life-changing movie because, yeah, just seeing him work, it was uh, it was something I realized I would never, I don't have that gift. And that's beautiful he has that gift. And people sure. who have those gifts, he would be living, he would be willing to live in a van to become that part. And I, I always say this now, living in a van to do music and living on a blow-up mattress with my wife, if you are willing to live in a van on a blow-up mattress and not shower a lot and just live that life for anything that, that you can do in your life, then you're meant to do it, I think. And, yeah. that's, and that's sort of the test of, test of time. Can't be about money. You'll make money. Can't be about anything, fame, none of those things. It has to just be about you love it that much that you would do that. As a, you know, an entertainer, and I'm sure you know a lot of creatives, obviously, like just through your work growing up, I've found that there's always sort of like this interesting sort of like line where I've met people that are incredibly talented, but they're not super interested in sort of the business side or their yeah. ambition is just, it's kind of, they're like, fuck it, you know, take totally. it or leave it. Totally. And then there's people that are incredibly ambitious yeah. and maybe not as talented as, you know, a guy in a coffee shop, but they they will make it. Have you always been, you know, somebody that's like, you know, you recognize your talent early, but then had the drive? Like, do you feel like you're someone that would succeed in any sort of line of work? Or do you feel Ooh. like it's it's specific, I guess, one, to entertainment? Yeah. And two, do you think you have this sort of inherent ambition? I'm definitely, uh, I would say, very, very ambitious. Um, I, uh, but it has to be for the right thing, I would say. You know, I don't want to do 20 auditions a week. I don't want to work at that. I'm not willing to. But for music i will go everywhere i will do seven shows a day i will do all those things and because of that i will make every call i will try to figure out every little um empty space that ends up being the thing that gets us to the next point that i'll it never feels like work but i'll work the hardest and i think that um i think that for for for, for me there may be other things in the world that i would feel that way about um, but I do think that it is unfor- I know a lot of really incredibly talented people who, like you said, are not very ambitious and it's, it's a shame because you could see if they just connected the dots a little bit more, Sure, it would be amazing. But uh, honestly, that, I think that, that piece is sometimes even more important than talent in a certain way. Um, and if you, and you can become better, you have to have, you have to have a spark, I think, but, but you, you, you can become better if the the work ethic, I think, is something that you're that's built in you, and and if you have that, you can really accomplish. Not, I wouldn't say anything, but I would say anything that you're so passionate about doing. Um, the, so, the value and improvement. The practice. value and improvement for sure. I mean, you can you as a as a dancer, it's like all these different things. As a dancer, you you can be. You don't have to be the best dancer, but if you work the hardest at it, you could you could become the best dancer. You know, there's there's certain there's just certain things that that you'll never be able to compete with somebody else's uh, born talent that that is just out of this world. Um, but if you work just as hard as that person, you might be able to get the gig that they wanted to get because sure. they wouldn't even look for it. Um, so it is a, it's such a fascinating question because I think about it a lot that I, yeah, I know so many musicians, way more talented musicians than, than, than I'll ever be. I, you know, especially theoreticians and things of that sort, just savants that, yeah. that, that, that I love singing and performing, but, they understand um, the math of music they, in a they, way that is I could incomprehensible. There's in those ways I could never work. I could probably work hard enough to get to that point, but but I will never be what they they are, what they've been born with, you know. But to you know to get people to hear it, I guess it's such a fascinating question because it is something I think about a lot. That it is so um, 
I'm, I'm grateful that I feel the way I do about it because I love it so much and I love working for it. And my, I, I'm, I'm proud to work for it. Whereas, you know, I, uh, I do think about how, you know, there's so many friends of mine that I, I, I wish they had that same feeling, you know, but at the same time, I'd probably be jealous too if they had that feeling. I'm jealous <laughs> of their talent already. Can't be jealous of everything. So yeah, man, it's natural. Well, I guess lastly, uh, you're yeah, coming man. up on a year of marriage. Yes, indeed. Year I, and a half. We're a little over a year. Oh, year and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're a little I over. I like November 2016. Oh, no, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah man. The internet's we're a little over full it. of lies, man. Damn it, internet. Yeah, I'm at a year. Oh, awesome. Congrats. Uh, thank you Beautiful. very much. What have you learned in your year and a half? I mean, you're on the road. Yeah. You, know, you work very much. I mean, how do you uh, make that work? The usual yes to your happy wife, happy life. <laughs> all of those cliches sure. are very true. Um, but I do, I think communication, that's really, that's everything. You know, I had a fight with my wife this morning. We were flying in. We didn't have the, she's British and she didn't have an ETA, which I didn't know was a thing. Um, and we're in the airport at 630 in the morning and she's very hormonal right now and she's freaking out and I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, get over this. And she's saying some things and we have fights and we don't have a lot of fights. We figure it out pretty quickly. It's like, is this worth us feeling this all day? And I think that the communication of 20 minutes in, us both looking at each other saying, I'm sorry, being like, it's not worth feeling like this all day. And those are moments that I'm grateful for with her that, I mean, she really, she is my, she is my soulmate, my best friend. And I think that. Did you I, have to learn that though? I, I would say we learned it together. We sure. looked, we, we, at first, I think there's the, there's the, the usual, and I'm sure you've experienced this too. When you first start any relationship, there's, there's nothing. It's paradise. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but there's such a magic in both ways of losing that and finding something new when you dive deeper and deeper with the person and knowing every intricacy of, of their, their, their tissue of their love of their life. And in those ways, I, you know, I, I couldn't live without her. I love her more than anything. And, and I'm grateful that we have more arguments or disagreements or things than we did in the beginning because, we grow even more into it together and there's things we learn about each other. And, and, uh, so, so I definitely, it's, it all stems with space and communication and that's it. You just have to, I think you just have to understand what the other person needs and not be offended by it. You know, it's like if she likes to be alone sometimes, like that's what she needs. If you like to be alone sometimes, that's what you need, whatever it may be. I think it's just being okay with all of the little nuances that you fell in love with someone for. Thanks so much for your time, man. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Welcome to the dessert. It is 10 a.m. in Detroit, Michigan. Shane, you're a pop culture aficionado. What's going on? We are pulled over. And why are we pulled over, Nut? Uh, well, I'm not sure dessert is the right word to be using right now based on Max's recent activities. <laughs> right. I'm not sure he can handle any dessert right now. Would you say he just lost his lunch? He, he, he literally jumped, he jumped out of the car uh, while it was moving to throw up in front of a bunch of other cars that were driving past. It was like a war movie, if I, if I may say. We do have footage of it. I'm just not sure if we're allowed to use it. Yeah, I don't think we would be allowed to use it. We're not going to okay. also, we're also not going to mention who filmed it. Uh, we'll keep that. All right. Or maybe put it on the, on the pod Insta story. All right. Snackable content. It is snackable content. Barfable content. Max maybe uh, over-celebrated his birthday last night. We've lost Max. Well, speaking of snackable content, uh, I don't know if we should go for breakfast because you also just wolfed down an entire bag of Mars Minis. Yeah, I have been eating like a little bit of a pig. I've been uh, birchling out. I'm just (laughs) going to... New expression. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. You look great, though. Is this sarcasm? Uh, No. Save it for the rap battle. I I think you look fantastic. You got a new hat last night. (laughs) 
It was a big night for you. No drinking still, which is pretty impressive. But I was up the latest. Was, he doesn't drink, but he still has a major Coke problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he drinks a ton of Coke. I watched I, you down like three of those yeah, jumbo They're tired. Yeah, in the U.S., they're they even bigger. They justify my Mars minis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so we all had wild nights, you know? Yeah, well, you were filming the whole night. You couldn't dare fall asleep. Well, we'll get into unless that. Unless you miss any footage. <laughs> For your, your Cobra documentary. But should we pause now and get back into it? We'll jump ahead when Max is back. Thanks. Well, he literally just said, guys, I think you should just go and leave me here. So he might, he might, he might <laughs> not be Did he really yeah, say that? Yeah. So he might not be coming home. And we are back. About two hours has passed since we were last recorded. Uh, Nut, you want to give us an update? Or Shane, it's your dessert. So Max, he's just left the vehicle. And he vomited again. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're leaving him in Windsor? We're a man down. So as soon as we crossed the border, like it seemed like Max was actually going to come with us back to Toronto. But then literally five minutes after we passed the border, he asked us to pull over to the casino and <laughs> got out and vomited everywhere. <laughs> and then we also lost Dan Hamilton, who, being a good friend, is hanging the day or the night with him. I guess we'll get an update maybe at the end of this dessert. Maybe we'll give Max a call and see how he's doing. He was not looking good. Anyway, I mean... Yeah, that was crazy. I hope he's well. Listeners, you may have noticed by now that we do not have Max with us, but we have the nut in Max's place. I feel like that's a good like plan D. You don't have you don't have Max. No, I mean, listen, Max can't handle his party. You know, <laughs> out the van he goes, and we get, we move on with our lives. So are we are we doing the entire dessert right now? Well, we can do whatever you want. These are my notes here. Oh, uh, you you took like, notes? Oh, jeez. Like, Spontaneous party Shane. With his no- That's a lot of notes. Yeah, that brothel story's got to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I guess... Keep uh, that laughing. That was a good laugh yeah, for well, me. Keep that the in. Brothel, the brothel joke stays. Yeah. This was one of the weirder nights, not what I expected at all. And I guess it started with the second surprise, phase two, with Max in the room. Yeah. He did not expect those other eight dudes to be there. And we were doing a little bit of a, a pre-drink. The whole point of this, we were taking Max to see the Detroit Pistons game. And as the sober guy, I kind of actually want to get to the basketball game, which was, <laughs> what are we doing right now? Uh, it's just ice on my diaper. Okay. Safety first. Here, I'll wait. Guys. I'll wait for Greg. <laughs> no, we're, this, is, this is what happens when you, when you pod from the van. We back rolling? We rolling. It'll connect in the edit. So I'm trying to get to the Little Caesars Center, which is where the Detroit Pistons play. Arena. Close enough. <laughs> Little Caesars Arena. Sorry, He's guys. just trying to get to a Little Caesars. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, though. And I am hungry, yeah. so I actually do want to eat the pizza. So as soon as we get to the arena, we all go for Little Caesars, naturally. And so that takes us... We're already deep into the first. By the time we end up getting our pizza, it's getting into the second quarter. You guys are feeling pretty good. Indeed feeling great by that point so we actually split off into two groups there was 14 of us in total seven on one side of the floor and seven on the completely other side of the floor mike was with the nut and max's crew yep and i was with dan hamilton and your brother greg yep the, who, b, the b crew people might know yeah, exactly <laughs> people i was not happy about it <laughs> especially i had to sit beside dan who uh, people who know he can get quite chatty which i'll get to <laughs> So, again, I'm the sober guy. I'm looking forward to seeing the game. The second I sit down, Greg's like, oh, man, there's fucking two minutes left till till halftime. <laughs> but then we see an ad for hats. The girl comes on the, this beautiful jumbo screen that they have at this center. And she was, uh, she was talking about this 25% off all these hats. And often when we go on these trips, we all like to get the same hat. True. 
But I guess the nut is contractually obligated not to get <laughs> yeah. anything. No, I uh, support uh, the teams that pay my mortgage, you know? But you refuse to wear anything that says Detroit. Yeah, I only wear Toronto gear. And Mike also is kind of in the same camp because you're such a diehard Raptors fan. True. Currently, you refuse to get a hat. Currently in a Raptors 905 hat, true. as we true. speak. I refuse to wear an opposing NBA team's gear in any situation. But, but that's your crew on the other side. So it's kind of like two different worlds. So over on our world... We all agree that hats would be cool and it'll be a fun night and have these individual hats. Merch is always fun, too, because you always remember the trip. Like People are like, exactly. why do you have a Detroit Pistons hat, Shane? It's like, oh, I went to a game. You know? Well, that started when you guys went to the Indians game, right? It's a tradition. So we go to this huge hat store that Detroit has. And th- <laughs> okay, is that... <laughs> this store is a hit already. The, the big hat store. Yeah. The, the world-famous Detroit hats. It is huge. Yeah, huge. <laughs> well, it had... Bigly. Literally, it had a thousand different hat selections. I'm not even exaggerating. So all of us have very unique tastes, and we all just take our time going through all these different hats. They even had kind of like a Johnny Depp-style Indiana Jones weird hat. With the Pistons logo? Yeah, I was (laughs) contemplating getting it. It was like an official (laughs) NBA, but it was $55, and even with 25% off, that's still quite a bit of money, especially American. I finally find the hat that I'm wearing right now, and everyone's like, oh, f*** Shane, I'm jealous of that hat. That's the coolest hat. Etc. <laughs> they are. Everyone, everyone like my hat. And the then, place is going wild. Yeah. For well, this. well, all of our friends. And then Greg Veerman, who's one of like the, you know, he's a style icon in our group. He sees it. Greg's like, oh, I'm not even going to get a hat. That was one of the only hats I thought was cool. And now you have it. <laughs> so I'm feeling really good about this hat. Then I'm like, don't worry, Greg. I found a good hat that you might like. He's like, yeah, right. I go around the corner. He's like, oh, wow, these are cool hats. <laughs> So I point him to the hat that I think is good, and he's like, ah, that's close to my style, but the hat above it, I really like. But he was too short to reach yeah. it. <laughs> he is so, quite petite. Yeah, I got it for him. So, <laughs> so I get him the hat, give it to him. Then we're with Psycho, who's kind of, uh, he's a strange cat. Yeah, he yeah. sucks. So he, he he's picked, the kid in our group. Yeah, he's, he's the youngest. He's like 21 or something in our group. And so maybe he's 25 now. I have no idea. We get him a hat. Then Rob Ascula, he's a bit of an oddball, too, in the group. <laughs> we find him a hat. He has very specific tastes. So we, we all get our hats, but this is taking quite a while. Much it, like this story. Right, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to edit this. I'm going to edit this. Don't worry. So then I, we finally get back to our seat, and now there's two minutes left in the third quarter. So I've missed a huge portion of this game, but I'm like, okay, I'm hunkering down. I'm getting ready to listen. But then to listen, no, to watch, right, sorry, okay. to watch the game. Puts his blindfold on and just takes <laughs> yeah. in the sounds of yeah. the arena <laughs> or the center. And, and then uh, Dan Hamilton's like, oh, Shane, I got to tell you about this Boy Meets World 12 story arc. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh. So he, he goes into this. Admittedly, it was a very emotional story arc. It was funny. It hit all the points. But I'm like, I just want to watch the fucking game. But Dan's not picking up any of my social cues that I really don't give a shit of his story that much. And then Dan, at the end, he starts, like, crying. And he's like, he's like, oh, my God, I have chills right now. Just, and he's like, just me telling that story. I have chills. And I'm like, okay. The, the buzzer goes off, and the game's over. <laughs> And then we're at a, a Kid Rock themed bar. Kid Rock's from I guess Detroit. He has a bar in the uh, Little Caesars uh, Center. Center. Yeah, yeah. Hey, when in Rome, <laughs> Kid Rock's bar. You have the Instagram out, and that's a, a, a large part of your brand is filming drinks, I guess. Purchasing drinks, filming <laughs> yeah. drinks, and all that. Yeah, filming drinks. So yeah. you're. The, rack, rack focus you're, on those. You're drinks. lining up uh, a huge amount of drinks at 
came to what, $150? It doesn't matter. Everyone's drinking, and I'm glad that I'm with the group because I get to show off my hat. I'm like, hey, I have the coolest hat. And then Mike goes, I don't know. I think Psycho has the best hat. <laughs> Mike's like starting to irk me, so it's like a sign of things to come potentially. Oh, like, I see the story development yeah, yeah, yeah. already. It's like P.T. Anderson. No, is but in it, it honestly kind of bothered me. I'm like, no, no, my, mine's the, the coolest hat. It's like, <laughs> I felt like Psycho needed a win. You know, I also told me I had a good. I also told me I had a good coat earlier in the night, and you said, "What is that? A pea coat? More like a shit coat." <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Psycho needed a little bit of pumping up. Editor's note: What I actually said was, "It looks more like a poo coat." Back to the program. <laughs> <laughs> but I just was so proud of my hat. So I'm still filming the doc with the Cobra HD Adventure Cam. Yeah, literally filming everything. Yeah, everything. I'm, I'm filming everything in the night. And then every finally, I guess, where do we go to an arcade? For the it's like the, the yeah, it's like the ballroom of uh, Detroit, as Dan Hamilton described it, because they got bowling alleys and like a pop a shot and all that stuff. And we decide to walk there, and now everyone's at a pretty good drunk level where the wrestling's begun. People are throwing <laughs> stuff like tipping mailboxes, like <laughs> typical fun yeah. stuff that's great to have on film. There's a general meanness starting to yeah, percolate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I get to the arcade. And I'm like, oh, f they have one of those hoop machines. Like a pop a shot. Pop shot where you, you know, you yeah. throw the basketball and get the points. And I go to take out money because it only takes cash. I decide to take out 80 bucks because I'm going to be buying a round of drinks oh. in the middle of the you know, night at some point. But the machine only takes dollar bills or five dollar bills. So I have to go break my 20s. She's like, oh, I only have five. So she gives me a shit ton of fives. I go over to the arcade machine and my, it won't take my five. It keep, I keep putting it in. It keeps spitting it out, putting it in. And all of a sudden, this huge fucking guy comes over to me, bumps into me, and looks down at me and gets in my way. And I'm like, yeah, it, it, won't, it won't take my five. And he just looks at me and kind of smirks and grins and then looks at my wad of cash. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm in Detroit. This guy sees I have a bunch of money. And I have a, an exaggerated view that Detroit is such a, a dangerous place. Sure. Like years ago, my friend went to Detroit and he was robbed at gunpoint. And I always remember, like, Detroit's not a place to be, like, flashing cash. And he's with another huge guy who's watching me. And he's giving me, like, an intimidating look. So I... I, Those, I for, the, for people listening, this is, like, a very upscale bar. It's, like, very pretty. It's not, like, a grungy arcade. It's, like, a, like a pretty high-end This place. was weird. I'm telling you, okay. it was very weird. Okay. That wad of fives looks real <laughs> yeah, that huge nice. Wad so of 60 bucks. I run had. away from the Papa shot. And then... <laughs> he runs away. <laughs> It, it was freaky. Anyone would run away in this situation. I run, and then Birchall's lining up another thing of shots for his Instagram account. <laughs> uh, first of all, that was uh, Dan Hamilton bought that. that well, you're filming it like you purchased it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a savvy move. Yeah. And, uh, and you're like, Shane, uh, just between you and I, I'm sneaking out after this uh, round, so uh, I'm ghosting just to let you know. Nailed um, the impression yeah. of me, by the way. <laughs> So, you know, this is your Instagram to keep that you're having a wild night. <laughs> so glad I so came I, on this. And we, we usually, you know, when we're doing the round of shots, we, we film it, right? And I'm trying to do this doc, so I'm trying to film all the highlights of the night. So I'm filming the shots, and they take it. And then I guess Mike kind of, like, stumbled off a stool. And this big guy comes over to Mike and starts, like, joking around with him. So I'm filming it, thinking we're having a good time. But then Mike looks at me. He's like... All right, enough with the fucking camera. Like, I'm sick of this shit. I don't want any of this. 
I'm like, Mike, I, I said I'm shooting like a documentary with the HD Cobra Adventure Cam. You're like, all right, but enough. It's making me uncomfortable, all right? Let's just have a good time. And I am fuming at this point when Mike tells me this. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to confront Mike in a bit, but I've got to cool down a little bit. <laughs> so then our good friend uh, Matt McPeak starts talking to me, and I notice in the corner of my eye that Max has pulled Mike aside. And I hear my name being mentioned every third word, so I'm just nodding to Peak, totally ignoring whatever the <laughs> fuck he's saying to me. Because I'm just trying to eavesdrop on this conversation. All of a sudden, a bunch of guys start doing push-ups, and I go to film it. And then Mike walks over. He's like, yeah, this you can film. And I go, Mike, why can I film this and not that? And Mike's like, because I don't like being f***ing filmed. And then, <laughs> and then I say, don't be a little f***ing wiener. And I, <laughs> Way to censor yourself there. <laughs> I go, you're such a f***ing wiener. Don't be a wiener, man. And you're like, don't can call me a wiener. <laughs> and then Birchall's just watching this. He's like, oh, fuck, I want to film this so bad. So bad. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> Brent is and you're cackling it. in the front. We're creating like a scene and I'm sober and Mike's like, I'm drunk right now. I don't want to talk about this. I said, you have me at a disadvantage in this argument. And I'm like, I agreed to do the Cobra cam and you're like, well, I don't want to be filmed. And then I go, I was being filmed and I had a cigarette in my mouth and my wife messaged me like, oh, why are you smoking? And... <laughs> And, and, and I'm like, I'm like, and I didn't care. And you're like, but I do care. And, and, and then it's like Max, 1130, by the yeah. way, at this point. So Max, Max grabs me then. Yeah. And Max takes me for my chat. And I'm like, okay. I love that Max is, and by the way, we all know where Max ended up uh, today. Yeah. But this was in the point where he's trying to mediate this, this confrontation. And what had happened in my defense was I took the shot while standing on the stool. And it was like, it was a hard shot it was to take. It a big take. shot. And I was like, there was a minute there where I was like, oh, God, this could not turn out well. The bouncer came over, and he's like, dude, dude, like, are you okay to stay? Like, he was basically like, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm a veteran drinker. Like, don't worry, I'm not going to puke. And that's when I noticed out of the corner of my eye that Shane had the Cobra cam. And I was just like, I don't want to be on camera while this bouncer is, like, confronting me, like, potentially kicking me out of the bar, was my thinking. In my defense. Yeah, it felt like some real gotcha journalism on Shane's part. On some level. And, too, meanwhile, everyone's uploading things to Instagram constantly, and my edit, it's going to take me a while to do, and I would never publish anything without Mike's permission. And I would like to think he could trust me, but in that state, he was drunk and he was uncomfortable with the filming. And philosophically, the idea that if we're out having a good time, it's just another thing I have to think about. Whether you put it on air or not, I don't care. It's well, just we did it's agree. in the peripheral of my eye all the we time. We did agree that I would be shooting a doc with the Cobra HD Adventure Cam. And, <laughs> and Peak and I had just had a conversation where he was like, like at the game, which I mentioned, where he was like, is that camera going to be on the whole time? And I was like, he's shooting the thing. And the answer is no. I was just shooting right. highlights. And the only reason I was even filming that part was because it was a shot and I thought you and the bounce were having a funny interaction. And it ended up being funny. Point is, Max pulls me aside and he's like, listen, I was just talking to Mike about this. But Steve Kerr has four golden rules. He's like, I'm just going to go over one of them. <laughs> always, always back to that. And I'm, I'm, like, Coach Max. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to take a while. <laughs> he goes, rule number one is compassion. He goes, that's just the one we're going to focus on. He goes, you know how Mike is. Mike's here to have a good time. And we have to be compassionate to the way Mike feels. You know he has an aversion to a camera in his face all night. And I told Mike the same thing. You're a quirky guy, Shane. And we love your quirks. Mike loves your quirks. And all we need to do is communicate. I'm dead sober, but it's kind of making me, like, tear up a little bit. Like, Max is really, like, making a lot of valid points. And then I'm not ready to talk to you yet. 
but I'm kind of, I'm almost getting there. But I agree that I am not going to film with the HD Adventure Cobra Cam. I'm like, I have enough footage for to show that it's a fun night, and out of solidarity and all that for everyone, I'm not going to film. But then the guys who were intimidating me earlier with the money, Sean Dawson notices them. He goes, yo, those are two of the players from the Pistons. And what I realize is the reason they were harassing me is they noticed my Detroit Pistons hat. And they're like, ah, this guy's a fan. I'm going to give him a thrill and get in his face. And then he's going to say, oh, it's whoever the f*** it is. He, do <laughs> he doesn't know. I'm a total tourist just wearing this hat as a poser. So I'm just he probably scared. Knew. So then Sean's like, yo, you got to get a picture with him. And I'm like, I want to pull out the HD adventure cam and film some of this because this is exciting to have the NBA players in the bar. But I, I want to make sure you don't see. <laughs> So I sheepishly walk up to the guys, and they're like, oh, it's this guy who doesn't even know who we are. I go, hey, guys. And they're with these kind of like uh, like side chick-looking girls. <laughs> oh, my so God. So they don't really want to be Perhaps approached at this point. Yeah, it could be their wives. They it did not wives. seem that way at all. Like, you can get the vibe. <laughs> and he's like, hey, wives, let's go to this arcade on a Tuesday night. <laughs> and I go, hey, uh, could I have a photo with you guys? And they're like, huh, okay. They stand up. And I pull up my HD cam, and then Sean takes the photo so I kind of get it and I'm like cameras away <laughs> I'm not gonna film anymore after this it's kind of a weird night because everybody is very not in the mood to party the nut has already snuck out where did you end up going Mike kind of Houdini'd out because the hard thing about like when you party with our gang is if you say goodbye you're gonna get heckled mm. so you just kind of gotta go our other friends are kind of like passing out we have this one friend Jay <laughs> Kelly who got really weird and really drunk, and he tried to steal a gingerbread house from a bar. <laughs> so then he was really out of it. The nut is gone. Greg Veerman, who's driving the vehicle right now. Greg, Greg was, Greg, I'll try to bring the mic up to you. You were mad. Do you remember that Dan made you buy people drinks because you were being cheap? And then you bought a round of drinks, and then nobody wanted to drink them because we were all trying to leave. Do you remember that? I don't. Uh, I, I do remember that. So Greg is out of it. This night is going to end, and I'm going to be the only guy who's really amped to party. <laughs> so I'm trying to get everybody really psyched. I'm, I'm like, okay, guys, what do we want to do? Let's get drunk. And Dan Hamilton, who was dating Ice Cream Sandwich, is like, yeah, Shane, you're sober. He's like, you're sober. Have a drink. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to drink, but I'm going to, like, party harder than you guys. Then a school goes up to me, my friend Rob, and he goes, Shane, I'm with you. I'm not drinking the rest of the night. Me and you are gonna stay up the later than everyone, and we're going to the casino. And then our friend Sean Dawson hears. He goes, did I hear casino? He's like, that's my only weakness. He, he goes, we're going to the casino for sure. I just need a hot dog. I'm like, okay. So we look around the room, and there's a, a blonde girl passed out on one of the tables, and there's a big fat guy passed out at the bar. And then Sean goes, but before we leave this place, you have to play a drum solo on that big fat guy's belly. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm dead sober. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And Rob goes, I'll do it. Ah, ah, ah. So Rob walks up to this big fat guy and plays a drum solo on his belly as he's passed out. And then we... Hold we, on, hold on, hold on. Tell me that made the HD Cobra Adventure Cam footage. I made a, I made a vow not to use it. Uh, no, sakes, I did not Mike. do it. I was already gone. And I was very, I was very scared to, to right. film this guy. He, this guy was fucking huge. So then Sean's like, "Okay, I just need a hot dog," and the, and then Dan's like, "No, I need a beer. We we got to get drinks. We got to get one more drink." I'm like, "Let's get hot dogs and beer." So we're wandering around trying to find a place that does both. <laughs> then Greg Veerman's gone. We don't know where he went. 
Mike D leaves, the guitar player in the Arkell. So we really have a skeleton crew right now. It's yeah. maybe four guys. Then there's this big sign that says, hot dogs and beer. <laughs> I'm like, there it is. Let's go. So we run there, and we all get these, like, crazy, disgusting chili dogs and fries. And I'm trying to, like, appease everyone. I'm ordering it, eating it. Everyone's kind of happy, but the food is making them tired. So I'm like, Sean, we're still going to that casino, right? He goes, hell yeah, I just got to make a stop first at the hotel. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and he's kind of winking at me and being weird. I'm like, no, you have to go. He goes, oh, I'll go. Winks at me. Immediately after the chili cheese dogs, Sean gets an Uber. We all hop in, and then Sean's like, I got a secret to tell you. There's, there's no way I can actually go to that casino. He's like, I just have to go to bed. I'm like, okay, Rob, me and you, we're going to have a night. We're staying up late. We're going to party. Rob goes, okay. Let's do this. Absolutely. I'm pumped. Yes, casino. We're going to win big. Like, okay. So we get back to the hotel to drop off Sean and Peak. And then I'm like, oh, I need to make sure that I can get into my room because I'm going to be coming back late at night and I'm not registered under the room. So I show up to the, the concierge and I go, hey, uh, I just want to make sure I can get my room late at night. Uh, I'm under Veerman. They go, are you Mr. Veerman? I go, I am not. <laughs> Uh, but I'm staying with him. And they go, unfortunately, we need Veerman's card to, to prove. Like, you can't just go in and stay in a sure. guy's room. I don't even know what room number it is. And no one's around. My phone's not working in Detroit. And then all of a sudden, there's this really drunk dude behind me. He goes, oh, you need a Veerman? And I'm like, holy shit, it's Greg. He's like, oh, He's like, oh yeah. I'm, he's like, I'm fucking here. I'm fucking here. I'm like, uh-oh. I'm like, hey. I'm like, hey, this is my buddy Greg. And I'm trying to act like he's sober. I'm like slapping his face and shit. And he goes, there's my ID. The guy goes, okay, looks it up. Yeah, Veerman. He's like, you're in room 406. I'm like, perfect. Greg, thank you so much. Now we need to get you to bed right now. And then I see Max Kerman. And he's he's hammered out of his mind at this point. And he's getting snacks. He's getting, like, barbecue Pringles and, like, a thing of ice cream. And, and he's putting it on the room. But he still thinks he's, like, zen, like... Like how he was acting like my dad or camp counselor or whatever before, <laughs> but he's fucked out of his mind. <laughs> so I'm like, Max, could you do me a favor and make sure Greg makes it to his room okay? He's like, well, does Greg want to go to his room? <laughs> I'm like, Greg needs to go to his room. I'm going to the casino with Rob right now, and I he, he's a liability. I'm like, I can't be responsible for him. And, like, Mike's going to be pissed if we lose his brother. <laughs> and he goes, well, let's ask Greg. He goes, Greg, do you want to go to the casino? And then Greg goes, yes, I want to go to the casino. <laughs> and then Max goes, well, then he's going to go to the casino. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then Max just goes up the elevator with all the snacks. I'm like, okay, Greg, you're going to be good? I'm going to be great. So I'm like, okay, Rob, we have to keep an eye on Greg, okay? We cannot lose him. So we walk over to the casino. It's within walking distance. And then I'm like, we're going to find the roulette table, win some money, and then we're going to get the fuck out of here. Then Rob goes, Shane, do you even have any money? <laughs> I go, Rob, I have $200. Do you even have any money? He goes, I have $11.75. <laughs> so yeah, we both have money. <laughs> Okay, so what's the plan? He goes, we're both going to put it on black. So I put 200 on black. Rob can put $10 on black because they won't let him put $1.75 on there. <laughs> <laughs> so we do one spin, all or nothing, spins, the suspense is killing us, lands on black. Yeah. Rob goes, whoa! 
He's freaking out. He jumps on me, hugs me. We're spinning each other, making the biggest scene. Greg's jumping up and down. <laughs> Rob takes his winnings. He takes half of it, which is $5, and flips it at the guy running the roulette wheel. Tips the dealer. And he goes, I love winning money. And then walks away. And that's how our night ended. That's but, amazing. And I didn't tip the guy anything, but yeah. <laughs> so you're up to hundy right now. You're up yeah. 200 bucks, American. Yeah. So this is a free trip for you. Yeah. Wow. What a night. That was epic. Not, you have anything to add before we call Max? Uh, no, I can't top that $200 winning story. My yeah, night, man. You want to see the cash? My night ended a little bit differently. Oh, right. <laughs> you had a... You were, you were like, I did something. I'm so ashamed. I can't even talk about it on the pod. Well, no, that's not exactly true, but uh, <laughs> it's partly true. No, I uh, I was reading the night, and I was uh, I didn't eat dinner, so I was like cross-eyed drunk pretty pretty early. And then I saw like you guys getting into it and Max playing. Rep- the, for those those listening, Shane is flashing. He's fanning himself don't, with don't money. Don't flash that around downtown Detroit, though. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll jump you. No, okay. I uh, I was kind of reading the room, and I was I was exhausted. I have to work today. Where the reason one of the reasons we're not staying behind is because I, I desperately need to get to the office. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a responsible human being and try to get back in, in pretty decent shape. So I ended up sneaking away, and I got an Uber to take me to White Castle, where I ordered a ten pack of sliders, <laughs> and I grabbed my big bag of burgers and I crawled into bed and watched the holiday with Kate Winslet. <laughs> And, it was and this is because you wanted to keep a good shape? That's right, yeah. So, uh, you know what? Now that I've rehashed it, I actually think I did have the best night. Yeah, that is did. pretty good. That's did you crush good. all the sliders? Uh, uh, yeah, but I'm on the Dan Hamilton diet, which means that we don't eat any bread. And I woke up literally covered in buns. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, when in Rome. Man, it's a good diet. Thing. All right, you guys want to call Max? Get a hold of Max. Hello? Max, how you doing? I'm okay. How you doing? Uh, Max, how would you say that your morning's been so far, if you had to recap it for the listeners? It has not been pretty. It sounds like a pretty successful birthday, though. Very successful. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, our producer is not here at the moment. So one of you guys is going to have to step in for the goodbyes. Where can you find us on socials? I don't know. That's a Shane thing. Yeah, thanks to Jenna Gregory for those crazy doodles. And you can find us on Mike on Much on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And I just want to thank Greg Stewart, Justin Stockman, all the people who help out the pod. That's right. Uh, the Mike on Much podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week. We don't die on the weekend.